0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I am excited to be conducting my first interview. It's going to be set up a little different because my interviewee has pre-recorded his answers to my interview questions that I sent him. This is the beauty of the internet. I am able to conduct an interview with this gentleman from Nigeria. And yeah, so welcome to my first interview. I'm super excited. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you're having a wonderful day. So I want to start off with Tiff's tip of the day. So this is a little life hack tip that I've learned and used to take life to the next level. In 2017, I was really into Tony Robbins, and I heard him talk about taking a cold shower in the morning to trick your brain into getting out of your comfort zone, and that this would carry on into your day by starting the day with this. And looking further into this, I learned that cold showers are part of the Wim Hof method. And if you don't know who that is, please do yourself a huge favor and look him up. Him and everything he's doing and... Yeah, it, it'll it'll change your life. Um, they're like really cool life hacks. So these cold showers they do a lot more for you than just that. They reduce stress levels. They wake your body up. They induce a higher state of alertness. They increase the amount of white blood cells in your body, making for a more robust immune response. It increases your willpower and even helps with weight loss by increasing your metabolic rate directly. All right, so I'm super excited because my guest story is incredible. It's like straight out of a movie. And if you'd like to make it into a movie, his contact info will be listed so you can reach out to him and get that going. All right, so I did find him on Upwork. I am not sponsored by Upwork, but I did want to share with you guys really quick. It is a great website to find other people to collaborate with. It has over 12 million registered freelancers, independent professionals who are experts in translating, branding, engineering, data science, business analysis, text preparation, recruiting, and much, much more. I've personally found jobs on here as a voiceover artist with absolutely no experience, and it's been an incredibly rewarding experience, to say the least. All right, so my first guest today holds three degrees, as well as a PhD in industrial and technology education. He is an academic research writer and quantitative data analyst with eight years of experience in academic research writing and quantitative data analysis. He's been conducting research for master's and PhD students as well as an educational assessment agency in Nigeria for more than 11 years now. For the past three years, he has been reviewing journal articles and PhD dissertations for two journals based in the USA and a university in Uzbekistan. He has published two academic books and a total of 15 scholarly articles. He is currently working on his next book about his life titled Man at 12. It is a great pleasure and honor to introduce to you guys Dr. Maxwell Uduafeme. I've invited you onto my podcast because you have a compelling story that you are willing to share in the hopes that someone listening might be going through or might know someone going through something similar. Please describe the obstacle you went through with as much detail as you're comfortable sharing. The floor
1: is yours. Thank you very much for inviting me up to tell the story of my life. Uh, I'd like to begin by stating my name. My name is Maxwell Uduapfeme. Uduapfeme spelled uh, U-D-U-A-F-E-M-H-E. I'm from Nigeria. I was born about 44 years ago, 1st January, the no, 21st January, 1978. I was born particularly into an indigent background. My family uh, was not, uh, or let me say, has not been an economically empowered one. We have to struggle through almost everything. I was told that my, my daddy and mommy Went their separate ways from the marriage that they had going when I was just about a year plus, and then uh, I was there with my mom who remarried. And by the time I was five years old, my daddy, uh, who was living at that time in a in a much further state from the south, I'm from the southern part of Nigeria. He was living in a one of the most uh, northernmost states about uh, uh, six to 700 kilometers away from my own state. He picked me up uh, at the age of five. I started living with him along with my stepmom. They had other children along the line and uh, finished my primary school. And then I moved down to my hometown in the southern part of the country once again and I started to live uh, there. In 1990, I was 12 years old and I uh, got enrolled by my grandmother into secondary school, this was before uh that was after my stepmother who also had relocated down south uh a year before that was in she relocated in nineteen eighty nine I relocated in nineteen ninety uh she uh didn't so much uh, have much love for me uh of course uh in our own African culture, we find it very common that a stepmother uh, wouldn't want to have much to do. With her stepson, and then uh, my grandmother enrolled me in uh, January nineteen ninety. Uh, sorry, February nineteen ninety. I came back from the north in January, and by February nineteen ninety, I was uh, enrolled into secondary school. That was the first and the only school fee that was ever paid for me. Because uh, when I was in primary, uh, we had free education going, so uh, parents will only, uh, usually only pay for. You know, books, and uniforms, and other study materials. So, uh, my dad took care of that during those days. So, in, in secondary school, the first registration uh, fee, 127,50 kobo, I, I remember very well. That was the money paid. My dad sent uh, uniforms. And uh, by second term, uh, they have what we call the school fee, school fee drive. It's a time when they go to each class and uh, buy. Uh, just uh, the place to notice if you have not paid your school fee, you shouldn't be in school. So they started sending me home and I was uh, b- quite very surprised. I didn't know what that meant because uh, on my primary school days, I never heard anything about uh, school fee. So third term, uh, I wasn't coming to school and so I was 12 years old. I started to do Many other jobs uh, go to people's farms. Uh, uh, you know, uh, farm work in America, in Nigeria, sorry, in Africa, in general, mostly is done by hand. Uh, you will uh, use uh, simple farm implements and work in the farm. You take away the weeds. You you till the soil and all that. And then I often have a lot of blisters in my palms. And that went on, on and on and on. And that was how I was always able to. Save my money and, uh, you know, uh, with my grandmom, and then got to pay my school fee. This is how I went through secondary school. And uh, by 1995, I graduated. I was one of those who graduated. And I joined my dad back in the north, in that same state, in another part of the country where he was living. And uh, I stayed there. I was at home. I wasn't, uh, in, in, you know, gainfully employed. I wasn't going to school and so uh, a friend of his, uh, who is late now, uh, I wouldn't mention his name for some reasons based on the fact that I may I don't know whether he would like it if he were here. I uh, he you know was in, involved in a business that had to do with uh, catching of uh, edible frogs, preparing them like uh, what we would call dry fish in Nigeria in Africa. Uh, you know you prepare some sticks and you. Pierce them, you arrange your four or five of them on a the stick, and you dry them over the fire and uh, in a way to preserve them and then they are sold at the market. I got involved in that uh, nineteen ninety seven nineteen ninety eight uh, by the close of uh, nineteen ninety eight I had raised some reasonable amount of money, and I felt that it was high time for me to begin to pursue my education because I grew up uh, my dad worked in a hospital a national hospital and I got to see a lot of doctors, uh, nurses and I loved to be a medical doctor at the time and uh, and I saw that uh, in as much as I do not have uh, one any scholarship arrangement I do not have uh, my parents are not able to send me to school. It's clear that I'm not likely going to be able to study to become a doctor, so I rather went into studying to become a teacher. So I was uh, catching frogs, selling, and then I made those monies and I I, I enrolled to begin to study to become a teacher. I graduated from that school purely catching of frogs and selling of frogs during holidays and sometimes uh sneak out uh certain of the weekends and go come back and uh uh, return back to school so uh it was not a a, an easy thing to grow up as a person you have parents who are alive and they are not uh, dead and you are not in any foster home we do not have i'm not sure we have any foster home system here Mm -hmm. then in those days uh there was little or nothing you hear about scholarships at that time and the country was being ruled by the military and it was towards the end of uh, my stay at home that was 1998 before i joined uh, the college of education Uh, that was when the civilian government came on board so it was not easy it was a very difficult uh, time Uh, you will not uh, go into catch frogs had to do with you risking your life, you sleep in the open, under trees, uh, no blankets, you come up with uh, makeshift kind of blankets, uh, these sacks, uh, made of, uh, these are the kind of sacks that we use in packing rice, packing beans, packing some food products, especially grains, here in our country, this is what you use as your bed, this is what you use as your blankets you basically roll yourself yourself into it as if you were uh, a log of food or something you have one one through uh, the legs and then one or the other one through the head and you mesh the two together that serves as your mat and at the same time your blanket it shields you from uh, mosquitoes and any kind of dangerous other uh, insects or animals such as snakes and, uh, and all that Certain of the times our lives uh, were in danger. I imagine if that, if the state of Nigeria now, if the if, if what we were doing at the time happened at this time, I well, you know all these bandits that we now have uh, and Boko Haram and the rest of them would have just uh, made made an easy work of, of, of us and maybe slaughter us or use us to demonstrate to their children or their apprentices how how to slaughter people, and then of course. Uh, Despite all these challenges I went through, I made up my mind that uh, it was not going to be my story that uh, the only education I will get would be the secondary school level. Of course, uh, I have moved up to the College of Education. The College of Education Education is below the, the university degree. However, one still has to graduate from high school to qualify at that level. So at the time I was studying at that level... When I now got into the university, I was basically no longer catching frogs because uh, yeah. I had acquired uh, a lot of skills, uh, could teach a lot of subjects. I was very good at uh, physics, chemistry, especially mathematics. So I became a tutor to uh, so many persons uh, visit their homes, uh, teach their children, prepare them for the next day, do their assignments, prepare them for exams. And that was, how, uh, that was how I was able to raise money and continue to fund my education.
0: Wow, what an amazing story. My next question is, how did you cope slash deal <sighs> with the pain that came with the obstacle?
1: Uh, the challenge, of course, you must have observed uh, is... That of poverty, life, experiencing a very difficult life economically. I put a lot of energy into self-development and I ensure that I change the narrative with respect to the story that will be told of my life. I am a PhD holder. I'm a doctor of technical education, major in electrical electronics. Hard work, dedication, commitment, determination is what helped me to sail through that particular challenge that I faced.
0: My third question is, how did you learn or where did you get the strength to overcome that obstacle slash adversity?
1: I found the strength from within myself because I did not like the fact that my father was not able to send me to school and uh, uh, then maybe my life will just turn out to be that I will also not be able to send my son to school. My father will tell me I couldn't go to school because there was no one to sponsor me. Then I will also repeat the same story to my own children. I was basically determined that I was going to end that streak, that kind of of a storyline, break it, ensure that I do not... I have to tell my children I didn't go to school because there was no one to sponsor me. I rather said, I struggled very hard to go to school. And I thank God I have three of them. They are seen. They were all present when I did, uh, completed my PhD. and In fact, at my convocation, they all attended. They saw how happy I was that I overcame the challenge of not getting an education because of poverty.
0: What message do you have to my listeners that pertains to your story of overcoming?
1: Everyone should know that whatsoever challenge or problem he or she is confronted with, there is always a way out. In the course of my, you know, going through what I went through, uh, a lot of friends, I mean, uh, a lot of colleagues at that time, some of them resorted into all kinds of things. Some of them resorted into taking drugs, had drugs. I never took drugs. Some of them resorted into crime. Oh, it's because I'm hungry. That's why I decided to to steal. That's why I started to rob. I never got myself involved in things like that. I had this inner belief that it is possible for someone, despite the fact that he or she has no help from anyone, it's possible for him to fight his way through life and come out of poverty in a legitimate way without having to steal somebody's property or swindle uh, self, or defraud someone. Uh, I'm here today to tell you the story that it is possible I did it wherever you are wherever you are you can do that I would like to also state that to the glory of God I don't even take alcohol I don't smoke I don't do drugs I don't do anything only liquid I take a soft drink such as uh, coca-cola especially and take a cup of coffee some of the times drink water that's all and Anyone who wants to succeed, who wants to pull himself out of the troubles of life, you can find that inner strength, that inner encouragement right within yourself to drive you, to encourage you, to support you, and ensure that it stands by you. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Dr. Maxwell Udafeme, for sharing your story with us. It is really inspiring and encouraging to know you live this and overcame something that continues to hold many people back from living their dreams. I wish you the best in your future endeavors, and know without a doubt that you and your future generations will continue to be successful because of the seeds you planted and the hard work you put in. If you'd like to get in contact with Dr. Maxwell Udafeme, you can reach out to him on LinkedIn. Thank you so much for tuning in today, you guys. I really hope you got something out of today's episode. I sure did. It's it's such an honor and it's so cool to be able to talk to people around the world with these types of incredible stories. It's important to surround yourself with people with these kinds of stories because it rubs off on you. If you hang out with losers, you end up a loser. If you hang out with winners, you're going to be a winner. All right, you guys, thank you so much. And until next time, have a wonderful rest of your day. I'll catch you guys later. Peace.